That was great. All, All right. right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of TMI. Today is May 6th, and we have a special guest. But before we get into that, just like every week, I am one of your co-hosts, JBW. I am your other co-host, Anthony Miller. And to th- this week, we have joining us... Uh, my name is Tristan Madrin. Um, I'm awesome. It's primarily what I'm known for. It is. It is yes. primarily uh, what he's yeah, known no. for. They asked me to, to be here, talk with them about uh, politics and political things, and I think that's a good idea. And I like this uh, podcast. Yeah. So. Uh, Tristan has no qualifications. Zero. Whatsoever. I mean, other than having like a brain. And... He has the same qualifications we do. Exactly. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say. He's going to fit right in here. <laughs> I think it's going to be a great time. I mean, I fit within the theme of college students talking about ideas that are bigger than they are. Yeah, well, I would exactly. argue. I would argue that it is our generation. This is the exact time when we need to no, be absolutely. thinking about ideas. This I one hundred percent agree. Adults. We are joining the workforce. We are starting to pay taxes. The conversation needs to be in the hands of okay. the people. I've been exactly. paying taxes for a long time. I don't know about you. Starting to pay taxes. Okay. I paid some taxes, but really, the government paid me. So oh, that's well, where that's where that went. That's true. Did get a refund. Okay. I did do that. Yeah. So, in other words, you know, we're we're getting in here. We're we're doing the tax things, and we're this is when we should start thinking about it. What an amazing, concise opening to a podcast. <laughs> I think it's a great opening. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we should try to get into some of the news. All right. So, one of the first things we're going to cover today is uh, parts of the GOP are implementing bills that hurt protesters specifically like governors of states right yes specifically yeah. governors of states can we talk about ron DeSantis, or should we wait mm-hmm. let's let's wait let's okay. wait just a little bit Build up. yeah so um in oklahoma in response to a truck pulling a horse trailer uh plowing through a crowd of people taking part in a black lives matter protest uh, republican legislators passed a bill giving uh drivers immunity after driving through crowds of protesters now so the i i understand kind of part of this part of this is the you know if there's going to be a lot of protests in your city and you are driving through it's not your fault that people are standing in the place designated for your car to go listen i understand none of this because <laughs> hasn't the supreme court or whatever we didn't even have to have the supreme court do this driving is not a right it's a privilege right yeah and yeah. so if you're going to par- try to participate and mind your hadley doodly business and a society that like legitimizes the just slaying and incarcerating mm. of African Americans. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should have the privilege to drive revoked from that street that people are protesting. Yeah, um, it's, I'm, I'm looking at um, this bill being explained. That's kind of a hot take, but just from a <laughs> philosophical standpoint. Well, like, obviously, you know, putting protections on people who murder people should never. I, I feel like that's you are going to incentivize uh, murder. Qualified immunity. Well, okay, exactly. You are incentivizing murder, whether you intend to or not, because even if it's not like, here's a cookie, you know, for murdering people, it's more like, hey, we've got your back, you know, you'll wind up, uh-oh, someone's dead now. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm really excited for, like, the Proud Boys counter-protests and seeing dude, what happens at those now the, that... The Mad Max Yeah, it, technically it's just as legal, so are we gonna see, like, literal Mad Max wars on the streets? Of just like all vehicle combat, just protesters on both sides trying to take each other out. 
I want to call attention to the fact that, and this is a CNN article, so take that with a grain of salt it deserves. Mm, but, of course. Yeah. And I would say that if, if I literally named any news organization, I would follow up with that disclaimer. But Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, what about Breitbart? But it says, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt signed a bill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, granting immunity to drivers who unintentionally injure or kill protesters while attempting to flee, which stiffens penalties for demonstrators who block public roadways, according to Oklahoma state legislators. So that's doing two things, right? You're trying to prevent people from gathering um, because public roadways is the best place to gather. You can march through streets. You can have as many people as you need to have. Uh, in my experience attending protests in Portland, that seemed very necessary, mm-hmm. having a large area to retain all these people. And you are lowering the stakes... For people, like, if we go back to Charlottesville, um, well, a little over a year ago, um, when that person uh, murdered that protester with their car. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, what what constitutes unintentionally, right? How do you you prove that it was unintentional? And so I think that will make for an interesting legal battle in which privilege will definitely be a power player, right? I, I... I agree, and I also think the the amount of bystanders there will also add a lot of factors. Because, you know, driving through a protest, it's not like you're hitting someone in a dark night. You're driving through a crowd of people. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to even argue that, you know, how how was that unintentional? How did you not see the, the crowd I mean, of people? you could argue some sort of fault with your vehicle. Well, this is coming also amid a slew of other bills from Republicans. This is true. True. This is one of of many that are doing the exact same thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like uh, in Florida, they've passed many bills. Like if you're – let's let's go back to the Portland protests, for example. Has everybody at least seen pictures of those? I've been there. Yeah, 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 I've been there. Yeah, yeah. So so like if you're in one of those protests and you're being peaceful, you're just chanting no justice, no peace, whatever – and somebody in your group of a hundred protesters throws a rock, suddenly mm-hmm. everybody in that group has committed a crime and you are all subject yes. to arrest. And that's definitely playing on the common story of you have a crowd of a thousand people, ten of them would be anarchists, you know. Yeah. Wanna break a streetlight or something or break a shop window to steal some iPhones, what have you. But that is obviously um, when people talk about like riots in protests, it's those ten people that are getting those headlines. Versus the 1,000 who wanted to protest peacefully. Yeah, were... I just don't see this standing up in court. Like, this seems like a blatant violation of the First I Amendment. Mean, yeah, uh, you're, you're, you are violating right to free assembly. But I, I, I would be hesitant to say that it wouldn't stand up in court. Because I think at the state level, at the bare minimum, it would probably gain traction. Uh, depending well, on the Ron, culture there. DeSantis already signed it. Old Ronnie boy's already... <laughs> it's already done. It's in, But... I think yeah. the second somebody is actually like arrested and sentenced to jail time for this, they're going to appeal it, and then the Florida courts are going to hold it up, and then they're going to appeal it, and then the Supreme Court is going to say, "I think it really are depends." You guys, on... Are you guys dumb? <laughs> I think it really depends on who that who that person is, and if they have the resources to push it that hard. Well, I think it also determines again the the aspect because uh, the bill on its surface is supposed to protect these people who were just you know minding their business and now i haven't seen stories out of all the time i was doing research on this one i haven't seen stories of this happening a lot of other places where people accidentally drive through crowds of people but it the law is you know supposed to be if you have an an incident with these crowds of people 
the government is going to have your back. So while this law can be exploited at the surface, I mean, it's not pointless. It's not like it's just straight up, okay, people can't go assemble. It is supposed to be, okay, there's protection for you because there's people standing in the road. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and, you know, again, it's to discourage people standing in the road at all, which is to discourage um, uh, uh, gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if, I don't know if there's overlap between murder, murder in the third and protecting people who unintentionally hit someone with their car. <laughs> um, but the, I don't know if you can... Because uh, I'm looking at the definition of murder in the third right now, and this is the exact statutory definition of third-degree murder is the unlawful killing of a human being when perpetrated without any design to affect death by a person engaged in the perpetration of or you know attempt to perpetrate any felony other than the 19... Okay, so if you're committing a felony and you accidentally wind up killing someone in the process, that's third. But if you unintentionally killed someone with your vehicle, does that effectively grant you immunity from murder in the third? I mean, but it shouldn't be murder in the third in the first place because you weren't committing a felony. You were just driving on the road. Well, it, 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 that that really depends. I upon... mean, it does. It depends on like, oh, were you doing anything illegal while driving? But let's let's okay. So if you were just driving your car down the street. And you hit someone. You weren't committing a felony beforehand. You were just driving. Now, maybe if you're speeding excessively or driving with drugs in the car or driving under the influence, maybe. But none of those things are what's covered by the law. I guess you're right. The law is covered by if you unintentionally hit someone. Mm -hmm. Because there's people standing in the street. So while, yes, the GOP are putting laws in place that have even foreseen consequences of people... Uh, are gathering and they want to stop people from gathering in the streets this particular law is put in a way that makes it very hard to actually uh, identify who needs protecting in these situations right i mean if uh, ostensibly if they were to instead penalize excessively someone who hit a person unintentionally that would i think be more of a desensitization to ever be in that situation mm. if i'm a driver and I know that I might even be looking at jail time, really extensive fees, if I accidentally hit someone with my car under any circumstances, I would want to be a cautious driver around protests. Because mm. I know that there's going to be like a, a million people out there. Mm. Um, hyperbole, but... Um, whereas this is designed to protect the driver and lower the stakes for the driver and increase the stakes for the protesters. Because if you actually you know, get, get hit with by a car even though you were part of an organized protest that acquired a permit to gather in that way, mm -hmm. uh, Oklahoma's like, well, it's your fault. You shouldn't have been standing there. You shouldn't have been standing where, where a car ostensibly could have accidentally hit you, even though the only room there is, is in the street. Um, I think that a more, if, if, if really the goal is to stop people um, or to, you know, help drivers... <laughs> Yeah. In that situation, to minimize I would injury. Right. If we're if we're minimizing injury, if we're minimizing the you know um, if that's if that's the end game, then I feel like penalizing that so drivers are more cogent of their actions makes more sense. Although this does it does seem like it's more oriented towards simply protecting the driver from legal repercussions, you know, of the uh, accidental death of another. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, or you could just give in to some of these organizers' demands. And then they won't be in the street. I, I, I agree. I feel like uh, that, yeah. is, that is the easiest, the easiest 
solution. The, I following it up. I with that. silent for like, like five solid five minutes, and that's the only thing I have to come back in with. I mean, maybe, maybe if you make, maybe if you make the people not angry, they won't is, stand in the street. Yeah. Is he wrong? No, he's <laughs> no, he's not. I mean, but if we're gonna talk about the the what ifs of how this this could have been avoided, it's also you know if you. If you're policing a city and you realize people are protesting in the street, then maybe that street should be closed down. Maybe somebody well, yeah, should right, yeah. put, one of, those, blockades, put out one of those signs that says, you know, road closed. I mean, you could even, you could even, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're Oklahoma and you're worried that, you know, this protest is going to turn into a riot and they're all going to bring their pitchforks and steal our iPhones mm-hmm. and our, and our Target merchandise. Um, you can, you uh, not can the have, merchandise. Not the <laughs> you merchandise. can have law enforcement regulating the areas in which people might accidentally drive into these protesters so you have police within immediate response which obviously would sour the sour the taste of uh blm abolitionists of course and i i I believe in um defunding the police fundamentally like that's a personal opinion that i hold i I agree with that sentiment but um if you're worried that that's going to be a thing to the point where you're going to pass legislation about it creating a harder shell might might be better but then again that could be just you know limiting to the protest. So, and if you're worried about this as a driver, I suggest not driving down crowded streets. Yes, maybe just uh, that's true. Take it Avoid for like no Republican politician should ever go to any Asian like populated city. Mm. Shanghai, Hong oh, Kong, God forbid. Yeah, I was gonna say God cannot. forbid you wind up in like Delhi or Beijing. Yeah, yeah like Yikes. it's like the B movie. You know the scene <laughs> in the B movie where like they're walking through the street yeah. and the cars are just going. That's what it's like in Delhi. Like they got rickshaws going down the street with the motor vehicles. I think it's I think it's pertinent to point out that this the Oklahoma bill is one of like several bills which we, which we mentioned before, but like the Minnesota bill that the the same article was talking about which would prohibit those convicted of unlawful protesting from receiving student loans unemployment benefits or housing assistance this is kind of what you talked about earlier like one person throws a rock suddenly you've all committed unlawful a crime and now some, none of you can like go to college right uh, which is huge decentivization for public gatherings because yeah. it's hard to get that done in an official context when you when your state legislators have such cold feet. But this is like what I'm saying about these things being unconstitutional and being like yeah. you're not allowed to de-incentivize people from exercising their rights, mm-hmm. uh, especially unreasonably. These things are just uh, – yeah, I don't know. It just really makes me mad and it makes it pretty clear like – one side is pro the ability to voice your opinion and the other side is anti just having the discussion and so that pretty clearly you know shows to me at least who is like just objectively correct like if i'm like a minnesota college student and i attended a protest for a cause i believed in regardless of the cause and under this bill because those 10 people of our 1000 did a bunch of wacky stuff, yeah. And now I've now I've committed a crime, and it specifically said convicted of unlawful protesting. So I think that you know committing a crime yeah. whilst protesting would would constitute that. Um, now I'm not getting student loans anymore. Um, if I'm unable to get a job because I'm a college student in Minnesota, um, for various reasons, if I have like familial duties or I'm a full time student. I don't get unemployment benefits. I don't get any housing assistance if I'm trying to live on my own. And I, I feel like if I was a Minnesota college student in that case, uh, I would want to take that to the Supreme Court. Like, if I took that to the Supreme Court, 
Uh, I feel like if I was on the Minnesota Supreme Court or even the U.S. Supreme Court, I, the, the key question for me is, did this person actually commit a crime based on those 10 people? So I think as long as it never leaves the state, it can they can probably get away with it as long as like the culture is there, or the voting base is there to back that up. Um, the jury's willing to convict, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but if I were to take that to the federal level, I think that would encourage a national discussion that, yeah, that would probably get knocked down because it's so vehemently, like ex explicitly, do not protest because we can count on those 10 people. We know you can count on those 10 people being there too. So if you protest, we're going to get you. Yeah. That's that, reading that as, as from the perspective of someone who would be attending these protests in this context, that is the message I get. Like, by the way, we're looking for blood, and we're willing to take yours. Can definitely can can definitely see it. It's not a, a impossible narrative to imagine. Mm -hmm. But uh, next up, uh, a little side topic we have here. So uh, Elon Musk is offering a hundred million dollars cash to oh. whoever can invent something to pull CO two out of the atmosphere or <laughs> the ocean. Well, you'd make a lot more money just patenting that, but... Wow. So, uh... All right. Thoughts? Ideas? How, how, does, how does this hit you? What, what are your Solve climate ideas? change? A hundred mil. You win. You win. You have both won the future of humanity. Just period. And... And a hundred million dollars. This really reminds me of, like, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, mm -hmm. when all of the rich people were like, Hey, invent a car, we'll give you two grand. And, like, this was really what sparked innovation. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. No, I not at all. I just would rather see, like, the government providing grants instead of, like, Doge Daddy here offering, <laughs> like, a small percentage of his overall massive, vast net worth, his, his pennies a from heaven. A small percentage, but the largest cash prize in human history. Because if you can... If you can, what about the lottery? I'm pretty sure there's been lottery prizes higher than 100 million, right? When doesn't Powerball hit like 250 million? I mean, time? if you want to talk about cat, I mean, if you want to talk about, I mean, maybe cash prizes is a different category. But if we're talking about sheer value, those those contests that were rigged in in uh, when when Europeans were settling America, they were like, all right, who could ever, whoever okay. can run fastest gets <laughs> all these gets all this land. You're not uh, whoever wins this coin flip. But it was specifically cash. Oh, that's okay. why it is. Okay. a hundred million cash in cash. In cash, well, with no taxation, then that's crazy. I, well, I don't know about all did, that. He does it under the table, backroom deal. Slides exactly. you a duffel. Well, oh no, it's it just like a. All right, I'm a PayPal you a hundred mil. Well, I think you have to report income made through ways. It's not income though. It's a contest. Isn't it, that like deductible? No. Nah, remember when Oprah gave everyone a car and they all had to pay like four thousand dollars in taxes on the free car. So that it cost was, them yeah, money it was. to get a car. It was. Let's go. You're not ready to buy a car? Oprah says yes, you are. <laughs> Oprah said yes, you um, are. I mean, it still sounds like a pro. Anyway. Um, I feel like this is kind of the what we hope for when we talk about uh, trickle-down economics. Like, this is, <laughs> this, is what we're, this is what we're actually hoping for. Like, hey, the yeah. top 1% got money, and now they said whoever can create the best piece of junk that will actually benefit all of us is getting back. Well, capital E Musk is asking you to artif artificially replicate the carbon cycle. Yeah, he is. Which, if you were able to do that, and it would be a very simple matter to store that carbon mm -hmm. artificially mm -hmm. as well, 
if you're able to artificially simple matter, let's get on this, Tristan. Let's, let's do, do it. It, it would be easy. You just get a tank, and you're like, all right, carbon gas. You go in there. We carbon come out when we stay so. In. It would be much more complicated than that. But well, you just it would be very manageable. You could also just make diamonds. Anybody think about that? <laughs> you could just make diamonds. Let's go, Minecraft. I'm not gonna lie, I hadn't thought about that one, Tony. Um. But yeah, if you could art, if you can artificially replicate the carbon cycle, then you can govern the carbon cycle, <laughs> which means that um, the 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 buildup of greenhouse gases, which is one of the primary things tearing up the ozone layer, you can just say no, go away. Carbon cycle's ours now. We're yeah. we're, we're boosting it to two hundred percent. And I, I, I shudder to think at the implications of natural environment processes <laughs> that that have been built around the carbon cycle. I mean, if we take, what if we just took all the carbon? Right? Well, you On know, accident? within reason, right? Within what, reason. what I, I am pro fighting climate change, mm, and like whatever Absolutely. is the fastest way to get there, I'm generally for. But I don't like the idea of a private entity owning the technology. Right. Like, if your ship is sinking, you know, I'm not gonna patent the bucket. And so only I can have my bucket and nobody else can bail water, right? Right. Like you, I, and I think Elon has said something similar to this, but now he's the richest man in the world. So I, clearly, like, he okay, is holding but, on to his bucket technology. But with that said, and here. with him being the richest man in the world and him having this kind of prize, the amount of people he will spark to start working on this, regardless of who was successful first, now because there is an actual cash prize, one person or entity, because let's be honest, it, it, whether you're a, a small country or a Harvard student, you could still use $100 million. You have a reason to invest time in... I just, I just think how... I think for me, what gets to me the most is you, you get a cash prize for an insanely powerful technology yeah. that would, I mean, revolutionize the way that humanity interacts with our mm, planet. Yeah. Mm. And he's like, all right, solve climate change and I'll give you some money. Simple as that. That's it. And yeah. I understand that it's a very simple motivation. Like, I get that the premise behind this is to get people from all walks. And it doesn't say defeat climate change. It mm. says pull car carbon, CO2, out of our atmosphere and our ocean. It also doesn't so say get how people, effective it needs to be. If I don't believe in climate change, but I'm good enough at the science to where I think I can take a crack at it, 100 million is 100 million. Exactly. I'm just going to do it. Um at least if I was a reasonable person. <laughs> um, of course. But it's just, it's, it seems very pie in the sky to me. But that said, there's like that chance that some dude's like, oh, I did that like, you know, 10 months ago. Are we looking for that? Yeah. Is this something we were on? <laughs> my, my thing about the pie that. in the, the sky example is that's, that's perfect because the pie in the sky, everyone can see the pie in the sky. Everyone's looking up and is like, oh, wait a second. There's pie up there. So it's not like, okay, it's in some back room. You okay, gotta... that's not pie in the sky. You know what's really pie in the sky? What's pie in the sky, Anthony Single-payer health care. Oh, okay. okay. That's the real pie in the sky. Okay. This is a good transition. This uh, I'm not upset well, about it. It's not on the list, though. Uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the real pie in the sky is a UBI. <laughs> oh, is it? Speaking okay. of UBI, Whoa. California has just recently, a bill has a... Uh, it hasn't passed, but it's been approved. The cops are on their way to silence us. You know? <laughs> oh, no! Uh, I knew this was going to happen, Tony. I told you. Kate Brown just signed that harsh anti-podcasting law. That's true. They're cracking down on us. They say mm. one in six people have a podcast. That's too many. That's too many. Too many. Too many. I can't anyway. listen to Night Vale regularly. I have to <laughs> scroll. 
<laughs> yeah, California's got this bill for a UBI that would provide a thousand bucks a month to anybody who's lived in California for longer than I think it's three years. Three uh, years? Yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it achieved statehood or just three years? Uh, has it achieved statehood? Well, is the is is the gate? You have to be a Californian citizen. Yeah. No, you just have to be live like have residence in California. I believe that's a year in most places. I don't know if that's. Oh, now I'm gonna look it up because I well, feel bad. Well, well, I I think well like to get a thousand dollars a month from the California state government, I think it's you have to be living there for three years. Okay. I don't know. It might be one year. To be eligible for a California resident status, adult students, that's us, must be a U.S. citizen um, or have allowable immigration status for a year and one day prior to the re uh, residency deadline. Well then, well, then let's say one year. It doesn't matter because it's not a law yet. That's true. It's just cleared the whatever tribal... Frickin well, it's off the ground and it's going to get yeah, voted on, right? Whatever. Well, whatever part it had to pass through some parliamentarian committee first. Didn't have to get like ratified to be proposed or something. You're just throwing out buzzwords, right? Am now. I? Am yeah, I, okay. I think so. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. so. So a committee cleared it to be oh. voted on on the main floor of the California House Senate, whatever. Now I'm just throwing out buzzwords. <laughs> Basically, step one has been completed and it's looking like it could pass in the California. Uh, house, so so there might be a UBI, and once California adopts it, it's my belief that you know Oregon, Washington, Hawaii—they're not going to be too far behind. One step closer to um, Cascadia. Yeah, right. I cannot wait. <laughs> I think it's a great first step. Honestly, I I don't I really don't have anything bad to say about this. I think but, that UBI uh, and automation paired. Could like just destroy capitalism as a necessity. Hold up, I think we should just well, just for anyone who doesn't know, when we say UBI, we mean universal basic income. And so that's all the benefits of honey. So be sure to check out honey. Uh, Again, uh, it'll tell you where honey is within a ten mile radius of your house. I think Yeesh. I I does it warn you about trespassing though? No. Okay. See, that's that's a an problem. independent journey you that's have to go on. That's a problem because remember that that whole thing with like Pokemon. <laughs> all right. Go? Uh, so <laughs> we are we are we are then... back from our break. We are back from our break. <sighs> okay. We were previously discussing UBI. Yeah. Um, Tristan, I believe you had a point to make. Well, it's more of a more. Uh, I was just talking about how Elon Musk's proposal is a little pie in the sky, but I have a bit of a pie in the sky dream myself, in which if you have an industry where a lot of the grunt work that's necessitated, um, for example, delivering pizzas, working at a drugstore, etc., is automated, and you have a society where UBI is a thing, you have then freed up the entire population of your country to pursue passion jobs. Um, to pursue education at a higher level and yeah. to do things that are fundamentally more valuable to them and society than delivering pizzas. Because while, you know, any kind of work that you can get is legitimate work in our in our society, if you can de-necessitate menial labor through automation and remove any harmful if you if you can then cushion that with UBI so you don't wind up with you know, millions unemployed, um, people who want to can pursue I don't know higher higher objectives in their life because there's yeah. not and you know well, obviously there's only so much room on earth for stuff like that but especially if we're looking outward such a system might prove very beneficial well the vision i see for the country the the vision like that i could see happening like we have enough to make it happen today 
is you know so much of our our scarcity is manufactured i like nobody needs to work more than 20 hours a week so even if you do have one of those crappy jobs where you deliver pizzas you could work 20 hours a week and be compens or, uh, compensated at a rate that you don't really have to work much more than that. Part of that through higher wages, part of that through a universal basic income. And that could be paid for by taxing the rich, the 0.1%. We could move the wealth scale, the wealth distribution from where it is today to where it was in 1974. That gives the wealthy still more than enough money to be wealthy. But that leaves enough money for everybody else to basically never have to work again. And that could happen tomorrow. Like, Yeah, I do think that as long as there's not a hard cap on the amount of wealth you're allowed to have, wealth I, will I propagate upwards. Dis- yeah, yeah. Uh, I th- I'm sorry. I thought you were saying that there shouldn't be a hard cap, not just No, there that. should be. I, I, yeah, I think yeah. that, you know, the, the big problem with trickle-down economics, you know, as, as we mentioned before, is that you can just make the cup at the top bigger, right? Um, yeah, well, that's the thing is that's what they do. They just yeah. they use the water to make wire higher walls around their cup. This is a weird analogy. This is a yeah. very weird analogy. But but the gist is the wealthy can get wealthier, and as long as they can get wealthier, they can take your money because they have the resources to do so. Exactly. That's why it's important to remember that we outnumber them by a lot, and that their money doesn't actually protect them unless you take it from them. Like it, let it, it yeah. It, it, you know, it, unless they're gonna like give you money to protect them, like if you don't put your value, your personal value, on rich people's money, they become a lot less valuable to not only you but to a society. Here it, at TMI, we value class insurrections. And <laughs> true though, listen, if we could see a global socialist revolution, oh boy. The, the, the laborers of the world, workers of the world, if you, we could just unite for like two weeks, I think it would be... But China's already doing that, right? Uh, the Belt and Road Initiative, yeah, but they're mostly focused on like Africa. Well, I, I, that, that comment was in fact satirical because to call Chinese <laughs> the Chinese communist in any legitimate sense is well, somewhat laughable. Well, socialism with Chinese characteristics, I think <laughs> oh, is what no. they call it, right? Oh, no. I mean, China, I they, they have the, the largest, uh, I thought that's Russia. Do they call China the motherland as well? Um, I know in Germany, call they the call mother. their nation the, the fatherland. Yes, they do do that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Is is China gendered? What is what is China's pronouns? <laughs> this is something we can find out. <laughs> this is something we can find out. All right, anyway. The House has recently passed a bill that would allow dispensaries to uh, start accepting debit cards, which is awesome for anybody who likes weed. Your thoughts? I think it's valuable to people who don't like weed, too, because as marijuana becomes legal, it is the delegalization of an industry. Yeah. Now, as capitalists it's important to realize that the introduction of a new industry is incredibly important for a lot of reasons but especially one like this where it hasn't been legal in the past it has the ability to be taxed a lot who are you calling a capitalist (laughs) 
<laughs> a little bit of everybody. Uh, Americans <laughs> in general, like anyone who who's interested in making money. A little joke there, win. just a little. little no, well, I, I know, but little certainly joke. not the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone who who is willing to take advantage of a new industry being formed, this is a great time to get on the ground level. As I'm, I'm sure you guys can can attest to here in uh, Oregon. Like the amount of dispensaries we've seen pop. Yeah. Up. Oh, there's so many. There's and just a few years I ago love there it. was. You just one. had to drive on Beaverton Hillsville Highway for five minutes. You, you could drive anywhere and find one pretty pretty quickly. It's an industry coming up, and all of uh, marijuana is being taxed at a pretty high amount yeah, right now. Yeah. So there is a lot of state revenue being produced in the states that allow it, and as it becomes federally, there is a lot of revenue coming from this as well. Now, if this is put into the right places, say education, say the space program. Hell, there's a lot of places it could be put it's to make it. up emergency response and mental health. We could exactly. send our taxes to space. Like we... I'm sorry. We're writing the stars a check that we're gonna cast. We're, we're giving the Star Spangled Banner a whole new meaning. Oh boy. But uh, like Yeah, I, no, I 100% agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. The one thing that I worry about is that you're, normally what happens is these states pass these laws after big tobacco has been growing weed for a couple months and like the big industries have already consolidated around it and yes. they're they're ready to swallow up like 60% of the legal marijuana business the day that the bill is passed. But the thing is, in this situation, you have the same, like as a small business owner or someone who's creating a new business, you have the same information as those big business owners ha have in the sense of when it's becoming legal. You know, it, if you're paying attention, if you're reading the news, if you well, see Well, I mean, not go, necessarily because it's the big businesses that lobby our legislators to pass these bills in the first place. How do small businesses get bought out? Just say no, lol. Yeah, idiot. Just, just say no. <laughs> if you you know, if you didn't want your company to be sold to be run by another person, you should have just kept it in your own name. And you should have just not gotten squandered by a large yeah. corporation that Easy. already has the resources yeah. to manufacture weed at an exponentially higher rate than you could even dream of. Shouldn't about. have let them undercut your prices. <laughs> Destroyed new on, man. Should have organized a BLM protest outside their business so they loot it before it opens. Exactly. Far away from any car stores. 4D chess. <laughs> oh my. No, I, I agree that this is definitely going to be good for small businesses initially, and I think that it will give them a foot to play in that race. Mm -hmm. um, competition at this point is kind of necessary. I, I, I wouldn't be unwelcome to a second round of trust busting. Given how many, um, especially cereal grocery brands, and when you say trust busting, I mean breaking up Kroger's assets, mm -hmm. kind of trust busting. I mean, I feel like yeah, Peter Roosevelt. Jeff, what's that? You know that one image of all those cereal chains, and they're all like tied to like six logos. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that. If if Theodore Roosevelt could see that image, how do you think he'd feel? Not too happy, I'd think. He'd cry. <laughs> Just a tad. Probably a little bit. And I think that... The manliest um, tear ever shed. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Once it hits that beard, it's just pure, like, holy water. It, it turns, turns testosterone. It, exactly. it's, it's gr it turns into gristle on its way down. There you go. Incredible. Um, Sorry. Yeah. I, I feel like if we want... This is... <laughs> you can say this a lot about, about a lot of big industries, right? But... If you're trying to avoid having small business get decimated by these by these industries, you just want to sweep in for that. Um, and I feel like big tobacco is used to being underhanded, given how regulated cigarettes are. I hate tobacco. Big 
enemy of big tobacco. Yeah? Yeah. All right. <laughs> picking, picking up your steer and sh- spear and shaking it. All yeah, right. yeah. Um, no, but I, I definitely want to preserve these small dispensaries, and giving them the ability to, to play ball economically by using banking would be um, huge. But also, I think that you're right to be concerned in, in the idea that, oh, Marlboro is going to see that they can finally use banking now, and they have all this developed infrastructure around the way that they handle their money, finally weed is you know, a viable way to profit because handling all that cash at the scale that Marlboro would want to is probably going to be more of a money sink than it would be a, a money, you know, a net positive because of how much resource we need to go into managing that. But if you can do it electronically, that makes it a million times easier. And so it would, if, if I was a Marlboro exec, I would have an ex- excited pitch to my, to my bosses about all right, we just opened up. Let's um um, let's let's buy them all. <laughs> let's buy it all. Get very Monsanto about it. Yeah, yeah. Genetically modified super <laughs> weed. Only hundred and ten percent THC. Oh God. I could definitely. Yeah, I I see what you're coming from though, but I guess that's just how the cookie crumbles when you're when you're coming into a, a market when you're decriminalizing a market. It's it's hard to say. Oh, okay. You established companies. You can't use the infrastructure you already have to grow this new product. Like, like well, this. you could subsidize small businesses. You could just outright. Did you just say subsidize the small businesses? That yes, sounds I like did. Doing work backwards here. That sounds like socialism. I want to take this point crazy. in the podcast to point out that none of us are economists <laughs> in any professional sense. Well, that's true. But some of us are pursuing economics majors okay. and minors. And, that's true. You know, I did listen. To one hour-long Richard Wolf lecture one time, so I so would, clearly you are the best. I would consider he's, myself he's an, an expert. expert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. true. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not trying to delegitimize anything we're saying here. I just want to point out that um, we're not. We're not necessarily. Well, you don't. You know, it doesn't exactly embroiled. take like a degree in rocket science That's to true. see that our system isn't working. That's true. And you know, we live in the Pacific well, as long Northwest. As poverty exists. Yeah. I feel like that'll be a good. Well, indicator. you look like four hundred miles north to our to our maple syrup drinking brethren in the in the north, and you see that they've got a healthcare system that provides for people. You see, they've got an economy that allows for more upward mobility than ours, and you say. Well, what are they doing different than we're doing? Oh, they actually tax their wealthy. Oh, Netflix actually paid taxes in Canada? Oh, you know... The infrastructure for universal healthcare. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that? They subsidize smaller companies? They don't... They're not... What? What is this? That's un-American! Sounds like a bunch of crazy concepts that should stay on the north side of the wall, if you know what I'm saying. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to be an expert, and I think that's one of the big reasons why our system has gotten to this point, is that the media tells you you have to go to college for 12 years in order to have an opinion. Well, now you can't, like, if you want to get an actual job in in an industry, you're going to want at least a bachelor's. Well, yeah, but... To be an educated voter, or to yeah, no, true. Um, I definitely agree. I, I only threw that disclaimer out because I was feeling a little out of my depth, but clearly I was alone in that feeling. So, <laughs> I, I, again, I don't want to delegitimize anything that we're saying, and I, I do want um, to see small, 
You gotta step up Industry. your socialism game, bro. Clearly. <laughs> Come on, bro. Way more socialism. Bro, did you even read the Green New Deal? It's only uh, 12 pages, bro. Oh, no. Get on it. Get on it. We'll take another short recess for you to read that. Okay. Yeah, we'll be back as soon as uh, Tristan... As soon as Tristan steps up his game. Tristan's okay. gonna have a Jimmy Neutron-style brain blast. We'll be back. There you go. But coming up, we also want to talk about uh, a recent pilot program, uh, New York City, tested in Harlem. It rerouted mental health crisis calls from New York uh, PD to social workers. Uh, It went well over the first few months, and it is now being adopted through the whole of New York City. So uh, for me, I think this this concept is the heart of defunding the police yes it yes. is not necessarily taking the money straight from the police but not every yes. situation needs to be solved by the police yeah the people we call in to deal with an active shooter does not need to be the same people we call in when a mental health crisis is being had exactly right. also like this is how you want to see it done too exactly. this is from the ground up this is at the Literally the smallest jurisdiction we have for setting up an autonomous like government institution. A city or town. That's as low as it gets. Mm-hmm. They're starting this pilot program, and that's where it's being adopted from. And I'm very glad to see that such tangible change is being made to see within reach. Yeah. Because I know that if I was a like, moderate to conservative voter, and I was going to vote on sweeping legislative change, completely reforming the way emergency services works, I would probably have cold feet about it. But if I know that it has worked and could work, I would be more likely to vote on it. Yeah. Um, vote for it. I also, I know, I believe the NYPD like has one of the worst problems with, with racial disparity of any police. I would department. imagine, given it, it, the, it the has, population density of yeah, so, that area. So this, like, in this city in particular as well, it's a great place to see being one of the early adopters. Yeah. I think that if you can de-necessitate the use of force fundamentally in 90% of all that you do. Yeah. That would be an, an, a huge change. I think if we um, could just get like most of the cops and push them somewhere else. <laughs> right. And well, cuz when you have ground up response like that, you trust the people in your communities cuz you know them. And if you're having a mental health crisis and it's not some police officer you've never met before that you're intimidated by, that they have a gun and a uniform, it's very scary looking, but rather um, you know, your neighbor Susan yeah, um, a trained mental health professional. Who has the expertise that the police do not have because yeah. it's not encompassed in their training. Why would they have it? Their reg- their job is to police criminal activity. Yeah, their their job, job is to escalate to the point where they can write you a ticket or handcuff you. That's true. That They want to make that arrest if, if they feel like they need to get you off the street, which yeah, 90% well, of the time also, they will. Also, like, then this is more a, not a problem with the police officer per se, but... Their funding often is determined by whether or not they meet quotas for tickets given out or for arrests made. Which is insane. Right, yeah. That's dystopic. Like how in the prison system, if you sign a contract with a private prison, oftentimes they'll stipulate you have to have 95% of the beds filled by prisoners. Like you're signing an agreement with a private prison to say you're going to have a minimum amount of people incarcerated. I mean, let's also keep in mind that uh, private prisons are, are insane. The whole on their face is to make money. It is a business. Well, yeah. When we want to talk about the prison industrial complex, there's yeah, a very that's... excellent. I, I, I will be one in a long list of people to promote the documentary The 13th. Yeah. But um, 
it's a very good, you know. Uh, Kanye West, I think, had some tasteful thoughts. <laughs> he usually does. Yeah, I think he. Uh, we don't need to talk about Did that. You, I read an, an an article that was a compilation of his interviews about his um, attempt at presidency. Oh my god! Did you watch his Joe Rogan? I have not. He he did a Joe Rogan interview That's while amazing. he was running for president, and he was just like completely unhinged. He sounded like a delusional man. My favorite so part. Like yeah. My favorite part of that um, article, though, is like asking Kanye what his policy with taxation is, and he's like, he says, "I don't know. I'll come back to you <laughs> yeah. in time." I'll figure it out. As, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. I basically. mean, let's be honest. That's the most honest thing we've ever heard out of someone <laughs> running for president. Ever. That's probably like, like just all up, like, Joe Biden's inner monologue is. Is like we'll circle back to that. Well, <laughs> I, like just I don't know right now. Joe, but, you need to do something about the kids at the border. I'm gonna take a walk. <laughs> we'll come back to it after lunch. To capstone that tangent we just went on about uh, Kanye. Fun fact: he garnered ten thousand votes in the state of Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> so big player. Fun, fun fact for you all, but can't hate on it. Can't hate on it. Gotta respect it. You love to see it. Quote: Vaccines are designed to block our path to heaven. End quote. Same article I was discussing before. Oh yes, but uh, uh, it's true. It's true. It's true. There's actually it. a small portal to heaven in everybody's lymph nodes. The molecular structure is actually six six six. So everyone has the mark of the beast. So that when they open the portal, we will all be access points. Seems legit. Yeah, I buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Anyway, time to post this on Facebook. Uh, Let's go. To scare my grandparents. Next Marjorie up. Taylor Greene, the first guest on our podcast. This is something else Anthony really, really, really wanted to talk about this episode. Oh? Yeah, that's true. Biden's uh, two plans, his American families plan and his American jobs plan. I appreciate that the word American is in both of those. They're so American. American is apple pie. American as a TV dinner. Superman. American, American as a Whopper. It's pretty American. Pretty American. American is anyway, congenital American heart disease statistics. <laughs> These plans, they, they do undoubtedly, they're very helpful. They're going to uh, revitalize our infrastructure, mm. revitalize our economy, but they do, there are a couple of things that I wish it did that it just doesn't do. That is, it lacks prescription drug price cuts and it lacks a Medicare expansion. You could also throw uh, pink... Um, necessity price cuts like tampons oh yeah like that. well that's that's I feel like that's a separate issue but simultaneously should be covered yeah, well insurance. we shouldn't like be punishing women for existing right well th that's what it is when you pay $10 yeah. for a bag, bag of box of um, pads that, yeah. that is what you were doing yeah so so but that's that's kind of you know are we gonna ask Joe Biden to put that in his working families plan well as long as we're you know getting on them as long as we mention it uh, anyway. put it on the agenda at yeah, least yeah yeah Anyway, uh, it, so no prescription price cuts, no Medicare expansion. This coming as our broken health care system is, I believe, the number one issue on Americans' minds here amidst our pandemic. Joe Biden is instead opting to, I believe, continue to subsidize and expand the ACA uh, and make those expansions and subsidies, or subsidies permanent. Okay, well, what is the ACA? That's the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, man. You've been living under a rock? I mean, just a little bit. Well, basically, Obamacare is the thing that says that if you want health care, you can buy it from a website. Mm -hmm. And if you're poor, the government might maybe help you. Might maybe. Yeah. Might maybe help you. Like if you. you have an income threshold, they'll be like, okay. Yeah, okay. Now we'll cover it a little bit. But you get stuck. Like there are a lot of people who make uh, effectively – 
you you make enough money to not qualify for any government assistance but if you spent that money on the private uh, alternatives mm -hmm. you would be in the red every year you know you true I mean especially if you're you, you just have a kid like needs dental work like yeah my younger brother Timothy whose adult teeth erupted in his gums below his baby teeth to the point where he had two layers of teeth going on what a man that was a fun bit of uh, oral hygienics mm -hmm. That uh, was a fun journey he got to go on over the last two years. Um, and hi oral hygienics does not come cheap. So if you, yeah. if you are a family who does not have access to good private health insurance because you, um, you know, you're working at a retail job or whatever, um, and you have to drop $3,000 in order to fix, or more, in order to fix your child's teeth, because, again, two layers of teeth you're not going to be able to afford everything. And yeah. that's, you, odds are you probably will just never fix that teeth and that childhood. And now the system has cursed this child. Cursed this, yes. Um, that's the thing. Yeah, that's my big moral issue with our current system. It's like, who doesn't deserve to have health care? And that was a very low stakes example, if I'm being honest, because what if that kid had cancer? Yeah. And you can't afford chemo. I was I was born like two months premature. I weighed three pounds when I was born, and I had asthma. Mm. So they stuck me or stuck me in an incubator for like a month and a half. Pulled me out when the oven said I was done. But if my parents hadn't had health insurance, like they would have been yeah, stuck no. with like a thirty thousand dollar bill. For it's unfortunate that my 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 family is really excellent because my dad works for a very small bourgeois scum truly my dad works for a very small government organization that was founded uh, as a pact uh, I believe in the late 60s I could be wrong about that piece of information it may be closer to the 80s or 70s but I believe the late 60s and because like 40 people work there we have like multiple thousands of dollars flexible spending for pretty much any healthcare you can imagine um, and because they are able to give such, such amazing insurance like 90% coverage which is crazy. And the fact that that's crazy is in itself crazy. Yes. Um, so those are like, I love that Joe Biden, the fact that I get to nitpick about the things that I don't true. like in Joe Biden's bills is in, like great for me. What a laughably low standard that is. <laughs> yeah, but, but still, he's already done more than I ever thought he was going to do. That's true. So I... And even that's not enough. It's is. still not a, like Ber Bernie Sanders really was the compromise candidate. Like our train is falling apart as oh, yeah. we're driving. Well, it. and you're trying to. I mean, if you want to talk about the Democratic Party at large, it's a it's a coalition of many groups, many interests, and getting any sort of sweeping change to occur in a concerted effort is very difficult because the Democratic Party has consistently struggled and continues to now. To rally around a central champion well, because there's we, so much that we use these big these these terms. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. Like uh, I I can't remember the last time that uh, 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 the Democratic politician won the nomination with a majority rather than a mm. plurality, which is the the well, except for uh, in in 20, 2015, but that was because it was just Hillary and Bernie essentially, but. Uh, but uh, a plurality is the the versus a majority is the difference in between like if say four candidates are run one of them gets 35 the other yeah. two like have to split the remaining 60 even though you didn't get over 50% of the votes you yeah. still got the most of anybody 
I just did this in my math class. Oh, yeah. hey, hey. Versus like if you get 51% of the vote and everyone else has to split the 49, you right. won the majority, not just the plurality. Um, but all of these things are like just the politicians, just the Democrat representatives and just the Republican representatives. The American people... The people who identify as Democrats or Independents or Republicans. The American families who have American jobs. Yeah. They all overwhelmingly agree, hey man, give me health care. Hey man, give me college. Hey man, give us more roads, you know? Right, and that, I, I, I don't know, I don't want to necessarily speak for uh, the entire Republican Party here, but it, the most common devil's advocate response I hear is you're decentivizing um, labor. You know, the, the whole welfare argument. You're, you're producing lazy citizens because you're giving them so many things for free. But going back to the discussion with California and UBI, I feel like breaking away from a system that possesses a poverty line is ultimately a net good for your society yeah. on a fundamental level. And so if you can create a society where that, that level of labor, menial labor, isn't necessary, um, well, not nece- I, I don't think that you're ever going to beat the idea of a hard day's work out of people. There are people who are you. You will always be able to work on. Yeah, well, something. they've run experiments with UBIs <laughs> before in, in towns, and Alaska has had a UBI for like a couple decades now. I think with their natural oil, their natural gas, they yeah, have, they they spend you Qatar be, for Alaska. It's definitely you have to be there for a year or a little under before you start receiving something like twelve hundred dollars a year. Yeah, citizens of Qatar. I believe the UBI in Qatar is something to the tune of six thousand five hundred or sixty five thousand. Wow. One of those is bigger than the other. <laughs> by, by a factor of 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, give or take a factor yeah, of 10. Yeah, but. give or take an exponent there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And, but they've just, they've done these experiments and like, oh, did you know, actually, you'll be surprised to find out that people want to work. And they enjoy well, having a passion too. in life. Yeah. Like, I don't think carpentry is innocent. I mean, you could, you could do, people who are carpenters <laughs> understand here at here at Notberry Farms, we make chairs and sell berries. And even though it's not the, not the deepest way we can line our pockets, we love it. Mm-hmm. Like actually, you know what? A much better poignant example would be teaching. Teaching on a fundamental level is a terrible job to have because you're not getting paid very well. Oh no no, no. I mean like like if from the perspective of employment, okay, purely, yeah, you're not most well in America. Yes, in, okay, American teaching um, in the arena of America. Your, your wages are going to be inconsistent in comparison to your peers, and what's going to be even more wildly inconsistent is your health care. And, and your actual workload, depending on the true. students, like how many students you have a given year, how much over that is then recommend, recommended. You know, if you have students with extra problems, let's be honest, teaching isn't a job that when you get off the clock, you can stop thinking about it. Because in, in our school district, we're all, we're all graduates now, but in high school, hearing the faculty, especially our, our drama teacher, discuss the way that they experienced healthcare, wages, retirement funding mm. from our school district, it really depended on how much of a teacher you were, because like how long of a teacher you were. Because like teachers who had been working for 30 plus years got pretty good retirement. But because they got pretty good retirement, teachers who had been working for like five got almost nothing, um, just for like their career. As, yeah. as, it's, as the card stood, that's how it's going to be, unless something changes. And because I feel like teaching is deeply inconsistent, and um, expanding 
um, healthcare, expanding education, uh, making jobs like that uh, and more valuable to be in by taking away a lot of the infrastructure surrounding unnecessary jobs. Um, by like implementing UBI to take away, you know, you know what I mean. If you reallocate resources to buff up industries like teaching, you're gonna have better teachers, teachers who are more satisfied. And I, we all went to the same high school, and I think I can speak for the three of us and say I wish that we had better teachers who were more satisfied, particularly in the math department. Um, yeah, I had a great math teacher, but I was in like the advanced math. I was doing the I had the people who were like passionate about it. You right. Know? You don't start Can't teaching really. calculus without kind of liking calculus. Sure. Um, but I definitely like I, I definitely have had teachers that just made me not like school and for just a whole like a, a nine month block of my life at a time. They just have complete discretion to make your life a hell. So yeah, I 100% agree with that. There's just like. For, for 50 or 60 years, since Reagan, we have been systemically cutting education, funding the military. Cutting welfare, funding the military. And unaltering the structure of any of the things that you just said to the point where they could be more optimized. Yeah. Including education, particularly. Uh, uh, we did all those standardized tests. No oh, child that's left true. behind. Oh, Common Core. This Can't forget. Salvation. Smarter balance. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go way back for that one. Synergy is the, the best software I've ever seen. It's incredible. Oh. To be honest, we know how smart all of our youth are because we have them all boxed and labeled by the year, ready to go. They come knowing, you know, an absolute standard of what they should. It, we have turned our youth of our country into a commodity, you know? Yeah, no, like definitely. That's yeah. 100% correct. I, I think that, I mean, many, many college-level professors will make the argument that grading is an inaccurate reflection mm. of, the, of a student's ability to retain information, and it's a, even worse of a motivator to retain that information. Because when you have a, a grade against a set core, core ideas, like if you take a standardized test, you are rewarding rote memorization. You are not rewarding fundamental key concepts understood. Yeah. Largely because students have to switch gears. Um, if we're talking about liberal arts education, switching gears, I, at least for myself, made it so a lot of stuff didn't get retained. I'm not very particularly good at note-taking, and I appreciate Avid for existing mm. to help in that regard. But at a certain level, um, you can only break through so much to a student. And uh, especially when they're that young and that ignorant of what they have. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm certain I want to write uh, one of the teachers at, at, at Southridge a nice email going, please keep trucking. These kids don't know how good they have a teacher who's willing to teach them law and humanities and theory of knowledge. Um, I understand that they make you want to rip your, rip your eyes out of your head, but please, please keep going. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that seems like a good segue into our next and uh, final main topic of mm -hmm. the evening, and that is the uh, lack of vaccination in the nation. Ooh. I agree. That was not a non sequitur <laughs> in any, any capacity. Uh, you know, uh, basically anybody who knows anything about anyone has been following this COVID-19 vaccination. And uh, it's shenanigans. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of shenanigans. There's so much shenanigans. We were doing so good. I Where think one day we hit like 3 million vaccinations in one day. Yeah. And then just immediately just down. 
Well, okay. and I'm I'm glad that it's not because of a throttle on vaccinations. That's true. So this is all demand side. We are yes. seeing an overwhelming surplus of supply of vaccines in the United States. One of the case examples being Iowa. And they were running out of people to vaccinate. Yeah. A lot of them are scared that they're going to get microchipped or poisoned. Yeah. Or some third thing. This is almost exclusively actually a problem with, um, and you hate to say it, you hate to say it, but this is almost exclusively a problem with Republicans. Uh, 40%, nearly half of Republicans say they will not get the COVID-19 vaccine in contrast to 20% of independents, only 10% of Democrats. Right. And, and this is where, this is a part in our, in, you know, our, our COVID graph where we want to see an acceleration of vaccination. This is where we want it to become exponentially positive. Yeah. Before we focus too much on the negative, it is important to highlight that over 100 million U.S. adults have been vaccinated. Which is amazing. And that's almost a third. Not if, what, what is the goal of vaccinating? To create herd immunity against uh, COVID-19. Then why would we celebrate 25% of people having the because first half of their Because so dose? much traction that we accrued Well, the global, global doctors, scientists are warning that if we don't get this under control within the next year to a year and a half, then we're never going to be able to get it under control. Like there will be new strains and new variants coming right. out so often that it will just be like the flu. Yeah. So, so now more than ever, this is the time when we need to step on the gas. We should not be hitting the brakes for any reason. Biden is pushing for mandatory paid time off for getting the vaccine, which is good. But I don't think that's good enough. Like there needs to be major information campaigns on behalf of the government paid for with public funding pushing people, telling them it's safe to get these vaccines and educating them. The is that people don't trust the government to produce that information. Because well, of the, the like, information we make them feedback. feel like idiots for asking. You know, we you set up a public forum where you have like somebody with a doctorate answering questions. You're not going to go up there and ask, "Did Bill Gates put a microchip in this vaccine?" I doubt they'd show up in the first place, honestly. Well, exactly. That's why you, you got to do YouTube ads, political outreach, public outreach. You got to get famous people in it. You got to get, get Arnold, the, those get, TikTok influencers. Yeah, on. yeah, but whatever you have to do to influence people. Out of all of the misinformation that we've seen in America recently, I'm not surprised though. Like, well, we, one thing we, I'm sorry to, 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 to talk over you, but just real quickly, one thing we could do is the government could say, hey, if you want to go to a bar, you want to go to a restaurant and sit down and eat, you want to go to uh, to a gym, and you want to do it without a mask, you have to be fully vaccinated. They did say that. Well, it's not it's not mandated. Like it's not. It's, to, yeah, there's no like federal mandate. No. Yeah, they're like Biden actually backed off of doing like a COVID passport, which I think is the exact wrong way to go about this. Mm, okay, fair. He backed I mean, off the COVID passport, but he has said that if you're fully vaccinated, you can. Like not wear your mask indoors, and I think well, yeah, but Trump also said that you should probably wear a mask, like eventually. I mean, if you feel like like it in like April of last year. Okay. Historically, I think that the biggest reason I would hesitate on that as a legislator, the COVID passport specifically, is that having a passport to do things has not played out well with the people (laughs) of a government for many reasons, and I get that this is much more of a. You can choose to get a vaccine. You can't choose to be black in South Africa. That just happens. Um, but, uh, d- you know, during apartheid. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, oh, really? I thought you meant. Just in general. <laughs> yeah. true. Um, 
No, I, I think that, yeah, I, I can understand that a hesitation to associate some sort of legislative passport to do anything. But well, I think it takes, sorry. you. you I agree with you on yeah. a fundamental level. Anything to incentivize vaccine usage should be done. I understand why Papa Joe, who's trying to be the cool guy <laughs> president. Cool guy president. Cool guy president who's cooling the temperature. Uh, you can quote him on that. Um He's actually, to... his body temperature is always cooling. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I imagine it. I imagine he it's is like... Dr. Freeze. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand why he would want to have a very compromising approach to that. But simultaneously, we need vaccine rates to be up to prevent, you know, COVID think, from burning through us yeah, like influenza. Just, that, but... That's a problem, though, because he's trying to avoid pushback by having, you know, passports by whatever reason. But in this situation, not having a way to tell who's been vaccinated and who hasn't kind of defeats this whole purpose of vaccination. You know, the purpose of vaccination is, like you said, herd immunity. I and mean, we will not be able well, to achieve that if not enough people yeah, get We gatekeep public education. We say you have to be vaccinated if you want to go to school. Oh, dear. I so, mean, that only goes so far, though, because a America has an aging population. I feel like the a easiest— majority of the population isn't I feel going like to school anyway. I feel like the easiest way to do it, though, is oh, to Oh, so have... you can revoke students' rights, but no one else's. Well, That's I mean, the trend has been set, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> That's We're true. Just, I'm already in debt. We're I'm following already... the footsteps of our forefathers. Oh, I don't God. know what you want. No, but if you have vaccination centers counting how many people they vaccinated against the average population of the United States via census records, and then if the CCD is willing to just say, all right, we've hit our snowball percentage. We're, we've got herd immunity. We don't care anymore. Once we hit that funny 95% or whatever, I don't know. I think it's like 70, they're saying. Sure. Um, once we've hit that percent... We are no longer in a national emergency. We are no longer in a national pandemic. Um, we can lift COVID restrictions. So the more people who get vaccinated, the closer we get to that 70%, the more, the closer we get to you just being able to go to your favorite steak joint without having to think about it, to be just getting a haircut without having to think about it, etc. If you want life to have that sense of normalcy that you're craving, the, the best way to do it is to go get vaccinated. And we're not going to like make you show a card or anything. Just once we hit this amount of people, we lift restrictions because we've hit herd immunity. And if you haven't gotten a vaccine at that point, lamau. Lamau. <laughs> with this chain of thought is that it, uh, again, it is great on paper, but because in America we have such a problem trusting our sources of information, you would not get enough people that trust yeah, any one like source of information. The reason why the slowdown is happening now is because everybody who's following your line of thinking has just about gotten vaccinated by now. Sure. I'm just saying if they're going to like subscribe to ideology that prevents vaccination from being a thing, then we're going to go, okay, well, if you don't get vaccinated, you're not getting your, your toys back. Yeah. It's a very child response, but I feel... Well, it's not. It's like, hey, if you're not going to wear your gas mask, you can't go play in the poison fields. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Yeah, everyone. I love to go play in the poison. I the love cult to classic. I love to smell it. It makes my head feel funny. <laughs> it makes my mouth feel numb, like at the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that the gas that both of those places use are the same color. but I'm Yeah, I mean, anyway, regardless, please get vaccinated. Please. please. I'm begging. Get Vaccine. I got is so it's I, I people are talking about like side effects. Um, it's not that. What are the side effects of getting COVID? <laughs> <laughs> True, but like um, people who the like the, the three people and that's hyperbole, but it hasn't been any practically any who have died from complications related to a vaccine um, 
Like the blood clots stuff? Yeah, I think it was like eight women. People put a slowdown on And we put a slowdown on that anyway. Instantly. Um, Please trust the people who are giving you these vaccines. Because all they want is to see you happy and healthy and living yeah. for an extended period of time. I've been to a vaccination center. It's not people in black suits. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I've seen it. I promise. Well, it's not people in black suits with like sunglasses going. So now, son, I'm going to need you to give me your arm. It's it's uh, I it's volunteers. The person who who vaccinated me was a paramed, um, and the national guard was there doling out the dosages. Yeah, pretty um, metal. Sounds like something out of a movie. Uh, so I know it's exactly something out of a yeah, movie. Like but, it's yeah. I I feel like the people. It's so grassroots. The people trying to give you these vaccines mm -hmm. that the implication that they in some way want to harm you. Yeah, is is ludicrous, and um, I understand if you have like medical concerns, but those they are unfounded and without merit because yeah. statistically speaking, it has been very, very, very successful. You're more likely to be, you know, crushed by a falling vending machine that is true. than to experience negative repercussions, or to be mauled by a shark, or to be killed by a cow. Right. Yeah, cows it, are actually more dangerous than sharks. They well, kill more well, people. That's what I was. That's what I meant. Is you could you're more likely to be crushed by a vending machine than mauled by a shark. Oh, oh, I see. But also more likely to so be mauled by a shark top. than experience any COVID repercussions. So the fact that yeah, so the fact that vaccine repercussions are below all of the things we just said. Yeah, I feel justifies the idea. Of, okay, if if you're feeling hesitant about it because of medical concerns. I get not wanting to put strange chemicals in your body, but I promise they are not strange. The yeah, information is out there. If you have had an apple seed, you've consumed more cyanide and arsenic than is in a That's vaccine. That's true. Yeah. And uh, just one more thing I'd like to mention real quick is that um, everybody I know who works in the medical field or is around people who work in the medical field has already gotten the vaccine. Well, yes. they were required to get yeah, the vaccine. Yeah, well, any, like, I have friends who are nurses, and they got it as soon as they could get it. So Big Pharma has taken the vaccine. Yeah, Big Pharma. They drank Pharma, their cup first. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're just about running out of time here. But um, thank you all for joining us for this historic episode of TMI. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here at the thank beginning. You, yeah, we'd love to have you again. You I would love to excellent. be back again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next time, come back as a fully trained economist. Though. Okay, please, I will. Please. Before I start debasing yeah. everyone in their economist <laughs> backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We need note cards next time? Um, I wouldn't be against that. No, specifically you need note cards. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. Understood. For we the, we had not moved on from the bit yet. Yeah, yeah I'm dumb. The they're smart. <laughs> there you go. Leave and be happy. All right. Thank you for joining us. This has been uh, Tony. And this has been JBW. And this has uh, been Tristan, lover of yo-yos. Lover of yo-yos. Love them. Love them or hate them, gotta have them. That's true. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.